I'm Yolanda Cope-Stepney and you're listening to Speak On, a podcast where we discuss society, culture, well-being and more. If you're listening to this in 2021, it's 2020. We're post-murder hornets and pre-Skynet taking over the world. The world has changed so much and that has been discombobulating for many. But amongst those greatly affected are influencers. Don't know what that is? People with a large following online that showcase snapshots of their days, lifestyle, thoughts, etc. But is influencer a dirty word? What do they do really? Have they changed the world? What do they contribute? With the teen locking us inside for a huge chunk of the year and us re-evaluating pretty much everything, will influencers and celebrities be relevant in a post-Rona world? This episode isn't brought to you by Teeth Whitening, Waist Training, Skinny Tea Limited, that I quote-unquote am obsessed with. This episode is brought to you by someone who owns a media agency that manages influencers and the influencer's influencer, the influencer whisperer, blogger, entrepreneur and owner of Grow and Glow. And I'm adding activist to her title because she is a phenomenal ally, Vix Meldrew. Hey, Vix. Oh my gosh, I actually got like little goosebumps when I heard that intro then. I was like, here I am. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hello. Thanks for having me. No worries. Thank you so much for coming on. It's so lovely to speak to you. We've spoken so much online in true kind of as the way people kind of communicate now, just messaging each Mm. other on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, we're just fangirling over one another. (laughs) (laughs) Wicked. So, okay, I'm going to start with our title question. Will influencers and celebrities be as relevant post pandemic? What do you think? I think there's a certain group of influencers that will be even more relevant than they were going into 2020. And there will definitely be some that, um, in my eyes, have never been relevant. But I think the, uh, I don't mean that in a mean way, I just mean, and we'll get into why I believe that in a bit. But I think that 2020 has really been that year where the world's perception of life has changed um, through corona through black lives matter and everything that's been happening this past month or so Mm -hmm. um there's been a huge awakening for a certain group of people and then there's been a huge yeah swell of um feeling and fight and fear and all of these huge emotions that some online content creators and what they were doing beforehand just feels like it doesn't matter in a way yeah um yeah yeah, that makes perfect sense. It's like, everything just, I feel like we're only halfway through the year and we have no idea what's going to happen next. But I feel like it could be everything that's ever happened in the history of time <laughs> is kind of reaching a peak, like a boiling point this year. Um, yeah. So what do you think is going to change for influencers? So you mentioned like the kind of people that will survive this. Who do you, mm. who do you think they are? I think that ever since I've been in the kind of influencer industry there's been people that stand for something and when I mean stand for something I don't care whether it's the fact that you stand for your right to love Marvel films or you stand for a specific cause those people that have always used their platforms to connect to people over something that they stand for Mm -hmm. are going to become even more relevant because their influence isn't that they're influencing people to be more capitalistic than they were before or to be bigger consumers than they were before, but they influence people to think and to um, talk and to discuss and to learn uh, about whatever cause it is that they get behind. And I think that these past few months have shown just how important that is. Um, Whereas 
influencers before you know as you said in your intro that just held up those gummies to <laughs> a selfie camera and yes. told people to eat them even though they're going to make you shit yourself yes um <laughs> I think people you know sat at home for these last few months where there's no need to take detox gummy teas or care about what other people are up to or experience that FOMO of other people getting stuff and going on holiday um has really shown people that what was bothering them before about the kind of influence the world or mm-hmm. even what was inspiring them before about the influence the world a lot of it means jack shit yeah exactly <laughs> um, yeah it's been a wild time remember at the beginning of of lockdown uh, one of my friends actually said i'm actually just kind of looking forward uh, to like being on instagram and kind of being on twitter and i was like why i i, I was like why is that what what are you expecting to see just pictures of people in their houses and she said no she goes i'm expecting to see some people reacting really interestingly to like a mm. lack of attention and the lack of being able to have that kind of routine of going to parties and doing stuff and that's ev- all what all their content and all their kind of life revolves around because i wonder mm. what those people do when they're not getting that kind of attention because we're all recentering and refocusing on what is actually really important about life and i was like wow she said this like in march just before we'd locked down properly here and i feel mm. we've definitely seen some really interesting content from celebrities and influencers in this time some people have become especially comedians have really come into their own and have become, you know, kind of really satirical and they're kind of socially conscious, et cetera, and have been getting us through. And then other people have just gone a bit crazy. Yeah, I've seen a lot of um, people kind of, especially at the beginning, turn into a bit of a panic kind of meltdown of, oh no, I won't have a new outfit to wear on the streets of London every day (laughs) of the week. What am I going to do? That kind of panic. And then there's some people whose content, okay, it might have been fashion, it may have been beauty, it may have been travel, and it may have been that kind of content that we're talking about before Mm -hmm. but have almost had a a sort of light bulb moment switched on where they've gone ah okay I can't do that anymore or it's not going to be interesting to people anymore so Mm -hmm. what am I going to be able to do that's actually valuable and what do people need right now and they've kind of pivoted their content away from it which I think yeah fair enough well done and then there's other people that have been here the whole time who've been either activists or educators Mm -hmm. or creating content of value for their audience that have just been able to come into their own even more because Mm -hmm. there's now so many more people around to kind of consume it so it's been interesting how some people have adapted and evolved and some have um panicked really over what their platforms are going to become yeah definitely it's i feel like it's definitely started to separate the influencers and the content creators and I feel like the yeah, content creators are key at this point because they're the people that are getting us through lockdown, uh, whether they're just being interesting, like you're saying, educational, really, really funny or just so creative. And they're creating things that are so beautiful to look at. And then there are other people that I think, yeah, like you were saying, if they're holding up the gummies, etc., then what I don't know what are they doing now. I find it quite funny as well how often the people that are the least influential Mm-hmm. are the ones that we call influencers. If we think of like a stereotypical influencer in our mind mm-hmm. and we can imagine what they look like, the type of content they create, all of the things that give the kind of influencer industry its bad name or make it the dirty word. Mm-hmm. If we actually think about 
those people they're often the ones that have the least influence yeah whereas the ones who are kind of like i'm a content creator i create content of value i build a community i want to engage with my audience and serve them with as much value as possible they're often the ones that are the most influential but they want to distance themselves from being called an influencer yes find that interesting it really is it's like i've had an agency since what 2016 and so i've been there from the beginning of trying to convince brands that to kind of work with anyone at all um particularly Mm. women of color because when i started my agency no one would sign um influencers of color at all so Mm. when i started my agency i ended up with basically a lot of a lot of BAME influencers, even though I don't really like the term BAME, but that was kind of my my whole roster. And it's been an uphill struggle trying to get brands to work with them. But also it's mm. been a struggle to help those influencers and content creators grow because I was really clear at the beginning. I was like, yeah, there's going to be influencers and there's going to be content creators and you want to be in the content creator category because that's where mm. you're going to get your longevity. And then that's also going to, I think, going to be more fun for you um, mm. because I've seen, I don't know, I feel like it, there's a whole other um, kind of talk that we should have about this on another episode about kind of the mental health aspect of all this and what it does what it can Mm. do to you but yeah it's been definitely been an interesting I suppose landscape to look at and I see on your channels it's brilliant you are kind of lifting the lid and you are talking about this is what you should be doing here's the interesting thing about influencers here's how to be a content creator if you could talk about your channel what is it that you share and what is it that you do and give to influencers yeah, do you know what the funny thing is actually that this has only been a re- it's been something that I've been talking about across all of my channels for the last two to three years, but it's something that I've only honed in on in the last couple of months. And um, because before I saw myself as a content creator who worked with brands and who was looking for sponsorships and wanted that kind of side of my business as well as my personal brand around Grow and Glow and the educating side of the business. And actually, it's funny that the growth has come when I've really leaned into the value, the education and lifting the lid. Yeah. And the growth wasn't there when I was doing the ads and I was, um, you know, kind of doing a bit more stereotypically influencery kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that in itself is testament to what we're talking about. But yeah, essentially, um, I used to be a primary school teacher. No and way. I left, <laughs> yeah, I was primary school teacher for six years. And during teaching, I started a blog and it was all about dating and relationships because I was newly single. Mm-hmm. And uh, it kind of grew from there being sort of like single girl in London. And I just loved it. I loved building a community. I loved being on social media. I loved writing. I loved all of that kind of side of it. Mm-hmm. And I was getting disillusioned with teaching in the education system. So I thought I need to leave teaching. I want to do blogging full time. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. And then because I did it in a way that was like, I built a community. They supported me. I did it kind of like in a sustainable and slow way. I didn't just churn out 17 adverts a week kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, other people came to me and like, Vix, if you've done it, like, can you teach us how to do it? So that's how that kind of thing started. And I sort of used to coach creators, coach some brilliant creators that are now um, also going full time and growing their platforms, mm-hmm. um, which is brilliant. And then, yeah, I just had a lot of people asking for coaching and I decided that coaching wasn't really what I wanted to do. I wanted to teach on a wider scale again. So then mm-hmm. I launched my membership, which is Grow and Glow. And then from there, really, I kind of get called upon as the sort of, 
person to go to because I'll always just tell you straight and I'll always try and <laughs> be as transparent as possible and in, in an industry that can often be quite secretive and quite yes. clicky and quite you know gatekeeping of information I just mm-hmm. wanted to be that person that was like well no one else is going to tell you so I will kind yes. of thing and now yeah that's what I use my platforms for we've got Grow and Glow which teaches content creators how to build a personal brand through everything to do with personal branding so content strategy uh, finding your niche sales, scaling, all that kind of stuff. And then over on my Vix Meldry platform, just giving more of a behind the scenes look into the influence industry. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. And I love your channel. And it's kind of, I've actually stumbled across it through all the Black Lives Matter content and saw that you were posting about, this is what we can do as white influencers to Mm. kind of help um, like black people, help people of colour, etc. So Mm. where did that particular like kind of activism side of you because you said you've been talking about this for a while but now everybody's finally paying attention to that part of your of your teaching I guess I think one of the things because I entered the kind of creator industry as an adult I was like 26 or 28 or something when I started blogging Mm -hmm. and coming from a teaching background and coming from a background that was as a teacher being super inclusive and super progressive and wanting to teach my children about tolerance and understanding and Mm -hmm. equality coming into an industry where I was like, wow, everyone is white middle class. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't feel at home here because I feel at home in inclusive kind of spaces. Mm-hmm. And then as I started coaching different creators, I was uh, coaching creators from all backgrounds and I could really see mm-hmm. the difference in their struggles and what blocks different creators were coming up against. And often it was because mm-hmm. of how they looked or what race they were or what personality they had or if they had a special need for example like I've worked with some autistic creators Mm -hmm. um they all had different struggles and I thought wow this we really need to be making these platforms as accessible to everyone because everyone has Instagram Mm -hmm. but if influencers were predominantly kind of white middle class um then a lot of people were going to find themselves not represented in the creators that they wanted to follow yeah. very similar with celebrities often isn't it yeah you don't really find someone that you can really relate to um and I wanted to just try and every creator that I work with on a coaching basis I wanted to give them the world I wanted to open all of the doors for them mm-hmm. and I was finding how it was becoming difficult so it was just kind of like listening to different people's stories and different people's struggles mm-hmm. hearing what they were saying around the problems that they were facing and thinking to myself okay well how can I use my position in the industry in that I have um, PR contacts industry contacts mm-hmm. I've talked on these panels I've been to these events I know all of these different people how can I use my position with all of those, all of that information to yeah. try and problem solve and try and hear what the problems are and see what the, and see if we can come up with some solutions. Mm-hmm. So I brought together a team of creators from across the UK, mm-hmm. uh, all different sizes from nano influencers up to macro influencers. Mm-hmm. And we had a big old chat and I listened to what their problems were, what you know issues they were facing. And as a kind of collective group, we talked about what we can affect right here right now what we can affect on a long-term basis and kind of put all our heads together and came up with some ideas and then from there really I've just started to make content that hopefully can be shared around as as widely as possible Mm -hmm. um to start putting some of these solutions into place yeah that's awesome I love it I love the content I love the content you've been showing I love the honesty because again working in this that kind of part of the industry sector myself it was 
every time I said told anyone the truth, I don't think they entirely believe me because mm. I'm not an influencer at all. I'm I'm, mm. I'm older. I'm the corporate side of it. But because I mm-hmm. am an old school PR marketing, I say old school, I'm not that old, actually, I should take that back. <laughs> I just have worked in PR marketing for a while. Um, it's we sit on the side of being the original content creators because we've worked on adverts that have gone out globally. We've we've been encouraging people to buy things that they don't need for literally all our careers. Um, and mm. when I used to tell my influencers a lot of this stuff, I don't think they believed me. They thought that something just wasn't happening behind the scenes because some of them, like mm. you were saying, you've gone into being an influencer as an adult. So you've lived and worked in a corporate working world mm. and some of the influencers coming up, they haven't. So this is like mm. brand new information that these things can even happen because they haven't mm. been through the corporate working machine to see to see how systemic racism prejudice etc works Mm. outside of maybe the framework of school (laughs) essentially um so yeah Yeah. so I think it's amazing that you're kind of not just lifting the lid it's about the work that you're you're doing is actually helping to even out the playing field and it's like here's the information here's everything and here's how you can use it to move forward in a meaningful and positive way and I'm just Mm. I'm really enjoying it so this is just me fangirling for no reason it's not even a question (laughs) in here it's just me saying I love it (laughs) (laughs) and I think when I first started I was very I very much felt like an outsider I wasn't like one of the popular gals you know it all Mm -hmm. was very clicky when I first joined and um because and I was lucky as I grew my platforms that I made some really good friends and really good connections who could open up other doors for me that I wouldn't have been able to necessarily get myself. Mm-hmm. And that's how I kind of see it. It's a very kind of gatekeeping industry where because of competition, everyone wants to keep everything for themselves. And mm-hmm. they're afraid that if they tell somebody a secret or tell somebody a contact or a bit of information that that person's going to take over them. Yes. Whereas my kind of view is exactly what you said is that there's a level playing field so that the only thing you're judged on is the quality of your content and the engagement Mm -hmm. of your community it's not about who knows who and who knows what information so that's what grow and glow was founded on was just transparency um Mm -hmm. i am lucky to be in the position where i know information and i have contacts that i can ask a question to and i've got the initiative to phone somebody and get get to the bottom of things Mm -hmm. um and some people don't have the time or the um confidence or whatever to to do the same thing so better to hear it kind of from me where I can give it to you as simply in my old kind of teachery (laughs) way of bringing breaking down things as possible Mm -hmm. and um yeah just like you said lift the lid for people that might not have the keys to the door yeah in other ways okay I have a question so if you were I don't know if you get this I get this a lot when I say to people oh yeah I, I Um, I have a media agency and one of the things we do is that we work with influencers blah blah some people are like okay yeah cool I think I understand what that means some roll their eyes Mm. and make a lot of comments Um, and others like what is an influencer how would you describe an influencer Uh, so this is that thing as well where we're going back to influencers versus content creators because I do get a bit salty about the, the the certain type of influencer who starts up an Instagram because they want to make money or because they want free shit Mm. and decide that they're going to do whatever means necessary to just get free stuff and to go to the parties and just use their platforms for sort of capitalistic reasons Mm. um but then I see another type of influencer who wants to build a personal sustainable brand and business and knows that to do that they need a solid content strategy and a fully engaged audience so they use their platforms to build their influence because they have something that they want to offer serve 
da 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 da. So <laughs> that's my kind of two definitions of influencers. And I think that often the term influencer muddies those two together, mm-hmm. um, which is something that hopefully will start to change. You know, as we said, as we come out of a post-Rona world and we start to see a bit more of a separation. And it, it's also, it comes down to exposure and um, education. Mm-hmm. You know, the more people follow the kind of stereotypical influencer, like the ex-reality star who's just holding up the, you know, car, car air fresheners or whatever they sell <laughs> nowadays. Car air fresheners, um, yeah. <laughs> then, you know, but hopefully the work that's been going on at the moment is to platform these amazing people who mm-hmm. have who are so articulate, are so valuable, so useful and have such an amazing message to share, the more we can platform those people, hopefully the more people will understand, ah, that's what an influencer is. Yes. They're influencing me to think and act and change rather than to, yeah, buy a car air freshener for 15% (laughs) off or whatever. I love that you really have, you're really not about the car air fresheners right now, are you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just, that's the the image in my mind. I was like, what's the last thing I saw a reality star advertise that blew my mind? It was a car air freshener. (laughs) Those make me laugh. Um, Yeah, I think one of the, one of the like kind of responses I get when I'm trying to describe what, an influencer is content creators etc um i often get people saying oh do you know who should be the real influencers scientists um mm. <laughs> things like that and obviously there was a point where there are some scientist influencers there's a uh, dr maya warren who is a mm. an ice cream scientist i am obsessed with her um and i actually mean <laughs> that not in an influencer way like i genuinely go on every single day and watch every video she produces and message her way too much um far more than normal um mm. but now that we are in this kind of newer world, have you seen that there's that kind of increase in these clients, science and doctor influencers who are sharing really valuable information, not just always Rona related, but as we start mm. to shift what, what we feel is important, have you seen that kind of bump up and those people gain relevance? Yeah, absolutely. Like one account that I even think of is Simple Politics. Yes. Um, you don't even really know the people behind that account, but it's so influential in how they deliver their content and how valuable they are mm-hmm. that, you know, they could release a book and they could release this, that and the other and it will fly off the shelves. Um, but yeah, scientists, doctors, mm-hmm. nurses, um, people that are that are talking about something that they are super specialised in. Yeah that's valuable for a wide range of people and sometimes even just a really niche range of people but it's so valuable to that group of people Mm -hmm. are really coming out on their own because it feels like as content consumers especially around corona i think before that you know we'd gotten to that point where seeing an influencer on another holiday or getting another pr package or Mm -hmm. you know another free car or something like that had really started to wear people down and make people feel so awful Mm. whereas because of those creators couldn't really create that content during coronavirus it would be too tacky or the opportunity just wasn't there yeah it's given space for people to come in Mm-hmm. you know and you've got people that are calligraphers or oh, yeah. they are scientists or they're mm-hmm. really good at baking and they're, and they're sharing content that is so safe and nice yeah. and happy and um lovely for people to consume because it doesn't make them feel awful yeah and it's so valuable um, it's things to learn yeah. from and especially i love the rise of the academic influencer is something that mm. i really really love and like you're saying simple politics shit you should care about those kind of mm-hmm. things uh, I'm just I'm, I'm living for it and even Kobe eats that little boy that just mm. makes food with his mum 
I watched yeah. that, like, he's got, when, when I started following, it wasn't even that long ago, he was on maybe, like, one million followers. Now I think he's on, like, two, because it's just mm-hmm. pure joy just watching this kid throwing ingredients into a pot, and then every time it comes to adding cheese, he just shoves it in his mouth instead of adding it mm-hmm. to the ingredients. And I think, yeah, 100%. I think that going forward, they're the they're the content creators and they're the, suppose, the influencers that I think are going to still continue to resonate. So for... Mm other influencers who are not necessarily content creators or creating content at this time do you think Mm. that they will still be able to maintain their audiences um or do you think they're still going to be as influential going forward if they're not adapting i think that's a really tough one to kind of um kind of predict i before i spoke to that group of creators i phoned loads of my contacts within the industry on the PR side to talk about Black Lives Matter and what they were doing and mm-hmm. ha- what information I could pass from them to creators to create sort of like a symbiotic message where we're all working together. And I spoke to them about, you know, what's going to be the state of the influencer world after this. And every single one of them has said, you know, if we didn't know it before, we bloody know now that we need to be selecting influencers that have values, that values are clear through every single piece of content they have. Because it all, it's almost becoming to that fever pitch where, especially for influencers as well, it's too dangerous not to align yourself with a brand that has a value. Yes. Um. So, and I think from the brand side, they're starting to wake up to it as well. It's going to be too dangerous for them to align themselves with an influencer that doesn't have values that isn't kind of standing for something you know did they stay quiet during blm did they stay Mm -hmm. quiet you know did they still put out content that was making people feel awful during coronavirus like can they align themselves with those people anymore yeah with the fear of you know being air quotes cancelled or you know that kind of thing so every person that I spoke to on that side of the industry said moving forward we're going to be looking so much more clearly into what our creators stand for yes and assuring that they have values and then it's always that thing of like oversaturation of the market um creators that are going to come out of this on top are the ones that have got really defined usps that they are a specialist in something or they have a defined audience of something because the just choice there is just too many. There's just no point in choosing 15 of the same influencer, which is what <laughs> yes. we used to see in campaigns. Um, you know, because I, I remember a campaign a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and it literally had 15 of the exact same influencer. Yep. And yes, they might have had 20,000, 200,000, 100,000 followers, but the same people followed all of those people. <laughs> yeah. So they didn't get that like, Venn diagram was a two circle, million. basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They didn't get an, an, a new like reach of two million. They got a reach of twenty thousand because yeah. it was like all the same people. Um, and I think brands are wisening up to that now mm-hmm. and going, okay, right, we want to hit you know all of these different markets and we want this huge range of voices, mm-hmm. ideas, and values that all sum up and all wait what make our brand what it is. And yeah. I just really strongly kind of teach my creators within grow and glow and this is what i'm using my platform to teach is from the influencer side be pickier about the brands you're working with yes be be super pickier about who you're working with and then from the brand side when i talk to them and i consult with them about influencers be bloody pickier yes <laughs> with who you're working with yeah yeah so i'm hoping whether that's a message that will sink in now or it might mm-hmm. take another six months or it might take a year i hope that out of this brands and influencers are much more aligned with values Mm -hmm. and therefore are much more pickier about who they choose to work with so that we do see people um platforming growing their platforms and working with brands who 
are brilliant at everything. Yeah. And we see a lot less opportunity for, um, you know, just pe- just people have got a big following. Yes. Shall we say? Absolutely. And I think, you know, we we're talking about you, you mentioned before nano macro influencers, you know, anyone that's listening that doesn't understand that. So nano, it, they are the smaller influencers with a, with a smaller um, following, but they have a really engaged audience as well. So they have so much value. Mm. And macro is, you know, Selena Gomez. <laughs> kind of thing so it goes right up to having a few thousand to literally ha- being the most followed person on Instagram um mm. but I think yeah I'm really looking forward actually to seeing what happens next and I think there is a real I think just the Rona in general has provided a watershed mm. moment for so many things um mm. and especially with brands um starting to like you're saying realign their values be pickier because we've seen so many people that have created so many faux pas and still been given mm. loads of money by brands to front things and they are overtly kind of could be racist sexist insensitive mm-hmm. um and i think yeah it's it's time to be pickier because also what we see now is what happens when people vote with their feet and what happens when mm-hmm. people are collectively shouting with one voice on social media and how that can affect a brand um so yeah so i'm definitely definitely interested in seeing that and i'm interested in seeing where content creators go next because it's exciting it's an exciting time for those kind of people that are creating really good solid content and yeah i suppose yeah we'll see what happens in terms of like the diversity and Mm. like kind of and how inclusive brands are going to be because like i said at the beginning when i started my agency it was it was hellish. We couldn't mm. get invites to parties. We couldn't get paid work. There were there were a few brands that were really solid from the beginning, from the get go. They were like, "Yes, we want to work with you. Here is come to these events. Here is gifting, or like you know, here are samples." Because I was, used to work in like PR and journalism, so here are mm. you know samples. Um, here are like here are trips. Here are paid campaigns. Here are things we want you to do. And also they were really transparent. I could see with the pricing because I did have a diverse roster. I could see they were paying equally. But then also Mm. I've seen people just shamelessly offer a little bit of money for one race um, over Mm. another race. You know, I've I've seen kind of the disparities. And when I've tried to talk to brands about that, I I either get, you know, don't get a very positive response um, or Mm. they just ignore you or they just stop working with you. So it's great Mm. as well that I love that you're, you've got this platform where you're being really open and honest, encouraging people to be. And this moment in time is encouraging honesty because no long, because brands can't turn away from these really important questions anymore. Mm. And they have to start being held accountable and also start looking at themselves too. Yeah. 100% and I feel like before this kind of thing the world pretty much but definitely especially in this industry creators and brands didn't ever on the majority wouldn't either be actively Mm anti-racist but wouldn't be actively racist or actively homophobic but they'd sit in that comfortable middle Mm -hmm. where they could say things like "Mm, she's not my vibe or "Mm, her reach isn't right or "Mm, Mm -hmm. so and so um, which we all know it's just they didn't want to work with a black creator, for yep. example, but they could get away with it by saying, you know, oh, it just doesn't really fit with our brand or yes. so-and-so. Yeah. Whereas actually creating this content and open this conversation really is challenging mm-hmm. for influencers and brands to say, okay, you, if you're not actively anti-racist and you're not actively racist, sitting in the middle isn't good enough anymore. Yeah. You have to show your values and you have to show what you stand for and what you don't stand for mm-hmm. because otherwise it's almost 
almost like you're on the wrong side of history and I exactly. every event that I do every podcast that I speak on like everything that I do I talk about a legacy for content creators and influencers what do you want your legacy to be if it comes to it at the end and you've got a gravestone hanging in the graveyard <laughs> do yeah. you want it to say had really good swipe up affiliate links <laughs> or do you want you know sold car air fresheners really well yeah. or do you want it to say use their platform that they work tirelessly to grow mm-hmm. to um, influence people to change and think for the better yes um and i think that now more than ever that's so so much more obvious that yeah. we need to be thinking about those legacies and almost like what side of history do we want to be on absolutely absolutely and i think as well just about what i suppose you can sit comfortably with and i get it it's like you know it's a super competitive space and if you know not everybody's a strong content creator and uh what you were saying about about brands and their kind of coded language of doesn't really fit this campaign things I've heard a million mm. times even things actually um sorry this person's too photoshopped mm-hmm. they've actually said that some a brand said that once about one of my creators I didn't send them a photoshopped mm. image I just sent them an image and I actually got my influencer to send a picture a, like literally take a selfie mm-hmm. there and then send it to me for me to send to the brand for them to see it alongside it and at, because I think I feel as well I've always been a, a fairly gobby <laughs> I actually responded with black girls can just be this beautiful you know <laughs> nice <laughs> and they were so offended yeah. that I said it and they were like you have no idea what's you, you I understand more than mm. you'd realize blah blah and I was like no no I know I've seen what you look like I know I know who you're mm. online I know what you're saying because it's coded language mm-hmm. I've heard myself as I've grown up and I was like that's fine we don't need to work yeah. with you and then I just told all my influencers if these people contact you mm. do not work with them so it's kind of at times it's financially shooting mm-hmm. ourselves in the foot <laughs> but then also like you're saying you have to look at what you want to be aligned mm-hmm. with who you want to work with and kind of what value you want to have and also I suppose what you want to show mm-hmm. your followers as well like what where are your principles mm-hmm. where do you stand and obviously these kind of diversity and inclusion these aren't political issues these mm-hmm. are just humanitarian issues mm-hmm. this is just life isn't it we need to you know realize that I think as well brands need to realize that when they're releasing stuff they're doing it because they mm-hmm. want global reach you know, now, especially when in the age of the internet, um, but then they want to do that without putting a global face on any mm. of their brand or products. And that's just wild and counterproductive. Yeah. And it misses out on a huge amount of money they could be making from, uh, from you know, from di- various different backgrounds who, mm. who have the money to spend and we want to spend the money. Um, but yeah, it's it's a whole thing. Gosh, that would yeah, be a whole yeah. other show if we could talk about that. <laughs> and, then, and just a show on just, let's just call out brands yeah, that yeah. have done shady <laughs> shit. Oh, no? I oh my goodness I have so many and when I've had to go back and tell my clients I'm like oh I don't I don't sugar the pill I'm just like well here is here's a screenshot of the email or here's Mm. what they said on the call um so yeah and some of them you know can be upsetting but you know it was a I suppose Mm. something they kind of getting more exposed to over time and are starting to understand etc and others weren't surprised and then were like yeah yeah it's definitely Um, (laughs) like a culture thing so I spoke to um the diversity and inclusion advisor at t-mobile a couple of weeks ago to discuss they Mm. won lots of awards in America for um inclusion I think they've won like Forbes awards and things like that so I thought right try and speak to someone who actually gets it on like a company culture level and that's what we're up against in the influencer industry is we're working with brands that do not have an inclusive culture that's so deeply ingrained and and Mm -hmm. sunken in and yes things are changing and yes you know um new people come into the company with much more progressive ideas and understandings but some companies are 500 years in advance and some are 500 years behind so what can we affect on an influencer basis be pickier about who you work for Mm -hmm. um 
that's what we that's what we can <laughs> yes. affect today and let's tackle culture on a wider scale as as we go you know it's going to take months and years but what can influencers affect today and that's mm-hmm. yeah being pickier about who they work for and being yeah. pickier about what they do and what they use their platforms for yeah absolutely yeah and it's like you know obviously if you if people want to do things like skinny tees and waist trainers that's yeah, on, that's cool. on them that's something that fully when I started this agency when people when that used to come through to us I'll be like mm. no I'm sorry we're not doing these so some influencers we work with have done did that pre mm. like prior mm. to working with us um but then after I was like yeah if you're going to sign here you mm. can't do that there's none none of that stuff can go on mm. here and I used to one of my um, part-time members of staff is actually uh, she is an, like an academic doctor. She literally has all the degrees, speaks six mm. languages. She was just working with me while she was finishing one of her books. And she wrote a very impassioned essay to people that kept sending us these things about skinny tees and waist trainers. And so that just became our stock response. Brilliant. I mean, I don't think they ever read it because it was fairly long, but it was just a very, it was an amazing yeah. way of her just saying, no, and here's all the reasons why your company is yeah. wrong. <laughs> but in, written in this beautiful way by someone that used to be basically a professor at Oxford. Yeah. So Can't was, argue with that. <laughs> it was fantastic. And they never contacted yeah. us again. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so to wrap things up, I've got two awesome. more questions for you. One, are there too many influencers? And two, where do we, where do you see influencers for slash content creators in 10 years oh, that's time? Big. That is big. Um, are there too many? Um, yeah. I don't want to say there, there are too many because I, f- I feel like it's such an exciting industry that's so accessible to so many people. If you've got a mm-hmm. phone and you've got Wi-Fi, it's accessible to you. And, and what other industry can really have that level of accessibility? So that's something that I'm really happy with and proud of that we are accessible in that way that the opportunity is there for people um and you know new people are starting blogs and instagram and stuff all the time and what we teach in grow and glow is find your thing that is so unique and so niche and even if you only appeal to sort of 500 people but those 500 people will spend money with you for the rest of your life then you are absolutely laughing and become an expert in something so specific um i think those opportunities are endless um are there too many people that just start Instagram because they want free stuff? In my opinion, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it muddies the <laughs> yeah. kind of what, you know, sustainable content creators are trying to trying to build and trying to use their platforms for. Um, but at the same time, mm-hmm. it's a capitalistic world we live in and we can't blame people for wanting easy access to money. Um, so I don't ever judge those people that are just in it for the money and do just want, you know, in their minds air quotes an easy job because that's the kind of society we live in um but at the same time it would be nice to change those perceptions and change those um expectations so that we all want more for ourselves and from our platforms and from our like aspirations in that kind of way um so I think that's the first question and then Mm in in 10 years time um I pretty much feel that every single person on the planet will have an air quotes personal brand and it will seep through yeah. into the you know the shops that they shop at what they post on their social media channels the perception that they give to the outer world whether it's to their friends that they're posting to on Facebook or their followers if they grow a following um and I think that 
a personal brand that starts today and that's still going to be here in 10 years has to have values and transparency and authenticity at the heart Mm -hmm. because if they don't have those things they won't last the 10 years in my opinion um so yeah I can see everyone pretty much having a personal brand in 10 years and it's going to be um yeah some of them are going to be excellent and some of them are going to be world changing and some of them are going to be those people you see now making a real difference in getting things done and getting things out there um and some and some won't be but that's but that's okay too yeah oh brilliant I love that that yeah that was a really uh, that's a really interesting point about everyone like having a personal brand because essentially everyone Mm. is an influencer everyone influences Mm -hmm. someone in their lives and in terms of from a marketing point of view you know nothing is stronger Mm -hmm. than word of mouth and essentially using influencers is kind of encouraging someone to use their word of mouth to their personal audience and but yeah but I think as people are kind of becoming more au fait with social media everybody is curating quite heavily really there are a few people that you know it's like my friend has kids and hers is very just like there's no filtering (laughs) at all but then that's what makes it amazing and that would if she was to have a brand that Mm. would be her brand um but yeah because we are kind of really selective about what we're sharing essentially Mm. we're all creating our own personal brands whether that's to become an influencer or just living our lives it's all there and yeah I think I agree with you basically on everything you said about the amount of influencers there is totally room for it Mm. still to grow um and then there are this amazing there's room definitely for more content Mm. creators which you know people creating amazing content that we can all enjoy is fantastic and yeah I think in 10 years time I also think there will there will still be influencers that have relevance I still think there's still be influencers that are emerging but I definitely see I think on top of that people just starting a lot of their Mm. own brands I mean it's happening already with like Genflow Mm -hmm. so companies like Genflow are helping influencers literally build their own brands because they're like if you're if you have an audience there's no point in peddling anyone else's products to mm. it. If you want to and can become an entrepreneur and want to peddle your own, you have a built-in audience. You have that built-in loyal, uh, like kind of de- devotees that will sp- like that will spend on your products. Mm. And if you're open and honest about it, and like you were saying, have the right kind of brand principles, etc., then yeah, the kind of the sky's the limit. And I think that that I think the personal brands owned by influencers will start to overtake other brands like faceless brands I think yeah this is 100% 100% that that's exactly what we teach in grow and glow because the way I Mm -hmm. see it is a platform the definition of a platform is something to jump off of so what there are so many people out there whose goal in life is to build a platform and then Mm. that's it they just want 500,000 followers, 500 million followers, and and then that's it. Whereas what we teach in Grow and Glow is that that's one piece of the pie. Once you've got yeah. that platform, um, you don't have to work for other brands via sponsorships, affiliates, and da da da. It's one mm-hmm. element, it's one income stream, but why not build it so that you can have a platform that you can jump off your own product, service, business from because then Mm. it is something that you truly own and you know we hear this all the time if Instagram was going to die tomorrow and you know if (laughs) social media was going to die tomorrow what would you have but that is essentially it if you've got your personal brand and you've got a product offer service whatever it is that you want to launch um Mm. then you've got your own business that you own and you're not sort of um yeah waiting for the next brand to knock on your door and it's all that kind of like scarcity mindset of who's going to come knocking whereas you could rely on yourself for your income and for your um future 
yeah. so I definitely I hope that's the way it's going for sure yeah me too me too yeah I th- yeah definitely see it going that way I think it really will anyway thank you yeah. so much for joining me this has been such a like a great chat to have and I feel like there are so many more chats that we're going to end up having yes <laughs> definitely what it's definitely. like once you start peeling that onion there's yeah. more and more layers to everything so many so many thank you so much for joining us and I will put all your details in the show notes so everyone can go and follow you and check out grow and glow and if they want to become an influencer they want to look into it find out how to be a content creator i should say as opposed to influencer then we can point them in your direction we've got yeah yeah thank you so much for having me i've really enjoyed the discussion i love getting all this stuff off my chest so yeah thank you so much (laughs) brilliant thank you and have a great day hun you too Thank you for listening to Speak On. Make sure you like, subscribe and share. And to find out more about us and our upcoming events, please follow us on Instagram. S-P-E-A-K-O-N underscore. Speak On underscore. Thanks. Bye.